Hello there everyone, it's Alex McCrossan here, the dance artist working with Shaper Caper, bringing you another episode of our Performing Capers weekly podcasts. It's just myself today and it's going to be a relatively quick one. I'm going to have a bit of a thought of the day, a thought of the week if you will, just to bring up some issues relating to LGBTQ plus people in the workplace. Now, Of course, we have the Equality Act from 2010 and the Gender Recognition Act from 2004 in the UK. It is unlawful for anyone in the LGBTQ plus community to be treated differently at work, harassed from work or discharged from work because of their sexuality or because of their gender or any expression of this. However, at Shaper Caper, we are looking to go one step further and actually create an LGBTQ plus policy, not only for staff members that work with us, that's including freelancers, but also for any participants that might be working with us and part of this community as well. We're also creating this policy as one of the first results from undertaking our bronze charter with LGBT Youth Scotland trying to go that extra mile so that anyone working with us who is part of this community feels more included. They feel like they can be their true authentic selves and it's not just that it's lawful for them to do that but actually we encourage them to feel proud of who they are and feel that they can express that truthfully at all times. Why this is important in this day and age is often a question that comes up. We've often spoke at Shaper Caper about things that folks out with the LGBTQ plus community might say not to be offensive and not to be dismissive but just through perhaps not knowing exactly what our community does go through particularly in the workplace. So comments that we all might have heard is well everything's legal now you can work and you can vote and you can get married and you can have kids what what more do we need to do if it's all there in writing by law surely that's enough. But again, here at Shaper Caper, we know that that's not enough and it's not enough for things to be put in place from the government. Actually, it's attitudes that need to be changed across all generations. We're even seeing that a lot of young people might still be using terms that are outdated. They might be saying things that are offensive, but without necessarily meaning to be offensive. It just comes from a place of not knowing. So given that I am the LGBTQ plus champion of Shaper Caper, we feel that it's important to have a policy that backs up all of the projects that we are doing, including the In Out Crowd, which is our online LGBTQ plus sessions that we stream over Facebook Live. And we also have a Zoom meeting as part of that as well. And we also have our oral history project with Our Story Scotland called Hear Me Out that is creating digital dance films and digital art artefacts with the stories of LGBTQ plus people across Scotland that we are collecting. Things that can be included in the policy, again, looking beyond just the legal requirements for people to feel safe and people to feel accepted, but actually what more can we do particularly with trans identities. And this is something that has been discussed a lot in the news recently. It's been coming up with some celebrities using their platform to spread their own personal views about gender and specifically to do with trans identities rather than actually the facts that's out there. Non-binary identities have been around for a long time. Trans men and women have been around for a long time just as long as cisgender people. So it's about trying to bring that awareness as well into the policy. 
We want our policy to not only allow folks working with us and the folks we're working with to feel totally accepted and feel totally authentic when they're with us, but we also want to use our policy to perhaps encourage other people to understand our community and these other identities as well. For example, if we have a cisgender male who comes and works with us, they may have never met anyone who's non-binary before. They may never have come into contact with someone who's trans before, just depending on whatever circles that you're that you go in. You may not have experienced the chance to work with anyone who's trans. So sometimes things may be said, sometimes there might be misconceptions there that again are not coming from a place of malice, they're not coming from a place of disagreement or intolerance. It's just simply I'm not aware of of this faction of the LGBTQ plus community. I am a non-binary person. I have been working in dance for a couple of years since I graduated in, oh, I can't even think of numbers now. It was round about 2013, 2014. I've never met any other non-binary dancers. I've never met uh, any other trans dancers, full-time trans dancers. I have met one transgender dancer who danced recreationally, but they worked full-time elsewhere. And that, for me, gets me wondering because given even just a short amount of time in the dance industry, most people will have met gay men, gay women and bi people across all genders as well. I would say that from a personal experience, most of the dancers that I have met and I've worked with have been either gay, lesbian or bisexual as opposed to 100% straight. That's just my own personal experience. That's not to say that there is statistically a majority of bi and gay dancers in Scotland. It's just the the demographic that I personally have worked with. However, when it comes to non-binary and transgender identities, I'm the only one. And I feel sometimes like I'm out here on my own a little bit. I think that comes from sometimes trans folks, non-binary folks, maybe not feeling 100% safe in the dance studio environment. No one likes standing in front of a mirror for eight hours a day. But especially when you're perhaps dealing with some gender dysphoria, maybe unsure of how your body's looking. For me personally, there's a disconnect between what I feel in my brain and then what I see in front of the mirror. And I'm at a place where it doesn't really bother me. But there's some people that it can fluctuate, that can bother them more of the time, less of the time. There's not really any way to know about that. And how do you say that when you are a, say you are a trans dancer or a non-binary dancer working with a choreographer and you say, hi, look, could we, for example, cover up the mirrors today because my dysphoria is is really acting up? That is an incredibly vulnerable position for you to put yourself in. And unfortunately, that is a position that a lot of choreographers, that a lot of fellow dancers you're working with might not understand. It's not that they go, oh my goodness, they're being so difficult. Can you believe this? I would like to think no one would react in that way. But certainly it's very difficult for people to go, I completely empathise with how you feel. Yes, absolutely, we can do this. Because the chances of you being, unless there's a a trans-focused piece, for example, the chances of you being one of many trans or non-binary dancers in a room of 5, 10, 15, even 20 dancers, it's, it's quite small because I've personally never experienced it. So that's where, again, the policy of inclusion for LGBTQ plus folks when working with Shaper Caper is increasingly important. We are starting to see as this 
world moves and the way that it's moving, we're seeing more and more people coming out of the woodwork that we thought may have been supporters and allies of our community that are showing their true colours, that they might accept gay people, but actually they don't accept the trans community. And I think that anyone within the LGBTQ plus community and their allies would say, well, it's all of us or none of us. So in order to show more solidarity and more support for any other trans folks or non-binary folks that would come and work with us or that we would go and work with as part of a project or, or, a, or a community programme, we want to show that we're not just doing what the law tells us that we have to do, but actually we're creating this policy because we want to do it. We want people to want to come and work with us because we are, of course, the fabulous company darlings but also because we're trying to create an extended reach. We're trying to really show dancers out there that might be struggling with their own gender identity or their, their, the way that their gender expression comes across to the world and say, listen, this is a safe place. If you come and work with us or we're coming into your school or your college or your community setting, wherever it is we're going, that is at the forefront of our minds all the time and it's not simply an afterthought. Regardless of someone's sexuality, regardless of someone's gender, we want them to feel 100% included, 100% listened to, but also that we want to encourage you to talk about your experiences if you're comfortable to, if you feel like that would really add to the experience of working with us Part of some training and some webinars that we have we have been to recently, we've been discussing as a company about this idea of checking in in a more formal way with one another. And when I say formal, I don't mean we're sitting down in suits with, you know, spreadsheets or the shop, but rather than just being, hello, how are we doing today? Great, okay, fab, everyone's fine. And then moving on, but actually trying to create more of a dialogue with that, talking about how they're feeling, talking about how their day's going, just even little things like how did you sleep and really try and pull that into our policy as well and try and create a space where there's an open dialogue and maybe express some issues that they're having. And sometimes there is no rhyme or reason for having a difficult day as a trans person or a non-binary person, having a difficult day as a gay person. It, it, sometimes it just happens from within without meaning to sound really super deep there but sometimes there is no event that's happened it's just a bad day and I think regardless of your sexuality or your gender identity that happens for us so if we can create a space where folks can be honest about it I think that's really important and I think that's something that many people say that they do but it's maybe not in practice so we really want to make sure that we're putting that in practice with the policy, we are also trying to see where are the barriers for LGBTQ plus people and particularly at this time. What is it that's making trans and non-binary people not want to get into dance? What is it that's making LGBTQ plus people not want to get into the studio? Why is that? If we can identify those barriers, hopefully that's the first stage to lifting the barriers. I would love nothing more than to see more trans and non-binary dancers at college level because had I gone back and done my own, again, speaking from my own personal experience here, if I could have gone back and done my college training differently, I would have tried to have been open about how I was feeling from day one. I didn't do that. I kept it to myself. By the time I got to my BA year, I was struggling so much and I didn't really know why, but actually it was coming from myself. It was coming from me not wanting to understand how I was feeling within my own identity. Now, 
that could have also been because I was the only one. How are you supposed to talk about that with someone when you are the only person standing there in pink ballet tights and in a black leotard that's skin tight, you can see everything, and you're so uncomfortable in so many ways. Other people might relate to being uncomfortable because, you know, they've got a wedgie riding up, <laughs> but you're uncomfortable in a totally different way, physically as well as emotionally, mentally. That can be very invasive. So another part of our policy would be to really try and unpick that. We work with a lot of young people in their teen years that do express an interest in going into dance full-time, either teaching or, or performing in lots of different styles of dance. But if they're maybe at that point where they're not sure about their identity, they're still discovering their identity, it can be quite difficult. I didn't know the term non-binary until I left college, until just a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago, and I thought, oh my goodness, it all makes sense, but I just never heard that expression before, so I didn't know how to put into words how I was feeling. So if we can go in with younger people and we're working and we're being totally open about how we are, living totally authentically, and also we have this policy to back up everything that we're saying, that means that if any younger people come to us with questions about the dance industry, as a non-binary person, as a trans person, as a gay person, as a bisexual person, what do I do? Then we can not only talk from our own personal experience, but we also have a policy and we can offer them the support that they need and then direct them to other support if we feel like they need that as well. These are all just different things that we're mulling over because it's not a simple one-page document and then that's it done. We do want it to be in-depth enough that it's covering all bases and we also want to make sure that it's something that we can all uphold, every member of our company and everyone who's extending from our company as well. But I do want to pose a wee question to our listeners, to anyone who's working with us. In terms of an LGBTQ plus policy, we think it's totally important. We think it's really important, especially now. Some other people might not. And I would just like to invite you to have a wee think of if you think, yes, it's super important or no, I think there's more important things. Just maybe question why that is and perhaps question if it's more appropriate for some factions of the community versus others or is everyone from the community going to benefit from this? I personally feel that trans identities are under a little bit more attack just now. But I think that any movement we make to support the trans community and the non-binary folks that we work with, then the rest of the LGBTQ plus community will benefit from it as well. And the bottom line is that it's just trying to create a more inclusive, more open environment for any person, dancer or otherwise, working with us, that they can be 100% authentic in who they are and be honest about it and they will not receive any judgment they will not receive any harassment, any bullying, but actually encouragement from us and thanks to them for sharing their time with us, either in the studio, out on tour or anywhere else. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to my little rainbow rambles, I think I might call this. You can follow Shaper Caper on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We are just Shaper Caper. You can also go onto our website, www.shapercaper.com, where you can find all of our blogs, all of our posts, all of our podcasts ready to watch and listen and read whenever you like. We'll be releasing another podcast next week. But in the meantime, thanks so much for listening and see you all soon.